Hello, everyone, and welcome to this B2B Marketing Podcast. Um, my name is David Rowlands. I'm the editor at B2B Marketing, and I'm joined today by Dr. Christine Bailey. So, Christine, thank you for joining me today. Um, just before we jump into it, can you please just introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background on your career in B2B? Ah, good morning, and thank you for having me. Um, so, I've been working in marketing in the B2B world for, oh gosh, plus 30 years. Uh, so I started out working for one of the industry giants with Hewlett Packard in Germany, actually, for five years. And then more recently, I spent uh, eight years with uh, Cisco Systems. And in between, I've worked for much smaller companies, but always in the tech space um, and systems integrators and CRM. And then about uh, five years ago, I got uh, more into the fintech space, worked in payments, um, for Balator, a card payments company, and most recently now I'm the CMO of Passport, which is a SaaS reg tech provider that automates financial crime and compliance processes. Fantastic. And um, so last year, as I'm, I'm sure you're very aware, um, you released a book which is called Customer Insight Strategies, How to Understand Your Audience and Create Remarkable Marketing. Um, the title gives us a pretty strong clue as to what that's actually all about. But what inspired you to write the book and what do you really want to achieve with it? Yeah, so I was working in the CRM world uh, at the end of the 90s, beginning of you know 2000. And we got to the point where we weren't really getting the value out of CRM. And people were starting to use uh, insights and technology for marketing. But there wasn't a lot of knowledge in that space at the time. So I started doing um, a, a doctorate uh, in 2004 and I published my thesis in 2008, which was all around uh, how large UK companies are using customer insights for customer acquisition, development and retention. And when I published in uh, 2008, I always intended to write a book, but then, you know, life had other plans and actually never got around to doing it. But of course, now it's a lot more mainstream. And I thought, do you know what? You know, like every marketer should be using data and insights. Um, you know, there's really no excuse. And with the democratization of the data, everybody's got the tools and techniques. But I really wanted this to be a book for practitioners. Um, so I interviewed 33 uh, academics and practitioners from around the world to write the book. So it took me 12 years from publishing the doctorate to actually uh, publishing the book. But uh, I, I like to think it's a much better book now. 12 years, that's quite, um, quite a stint. Um, I'm, yeah. sure it's, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's all worth it. Um, so customer insight, obviously, all B2B marketers want that. That's not a surprise. Um, but I think it's also fair to say that insight is a, you know, it's a very broad term and it can apply to a, a, you know, a whole multitude of different things. So according to your book, what would you say are the different types of customer insight are? So I think, first, first of all, it's important to think about what types of data we're collecting in order to generate customer insight. So I identified five sources of data, and those are coming from competitors, customers, markets, employees, and channel partners. And out of those five data sources, I think we're collecting four different types of insights. So market predictions, customer segments, propensity models, and customer analytics. 
Okay, fantastic. And onto that first one, market predictions. Um, what would you say, you know, how, how can marketers go about collecting that insight, would you say? Well, data has always been used to identify market sizes and opportunities. And this has traditionally been the domain of market research. But now what we've got is actual customer data that can not only help us make predictions about the total market size and the current market share, but also about their sales potential and the trends and issues likely to affect a company's ability to to achieve um, this potential. So customer insight can now drive strategic decisions about what markets to operate in and what products to develop rather than just you know, designing great products and, and deciding whom to sell them to. I mean, you can still do it both ways. And you've got, um, so typically the idea for a company will come from, you know, a, a market insight or a technology insight. So either you see a market opportunity, you know, from your insights about what's required and you develop a technology to address that market opportunity or that customer insight, or you've got a fantastic technology and you're looking for use cases, you know, so, um, you know, blockchain or, you know, artificial intelligence or uh, virtual data virtualization. So you can do it either way around. And you're actually now seeing uh, companies. So I've seen a startup called um, Clido, which has a platform which surfaces insights. So it trawls literally hundreds of um, consumer forums and chat rooms and finds out about, you know, what people are talking about. And companies can tap into that platform and get ideas about you know, have to, to develop a technology according to those customer insights. So that's that, that's the first area uh, around market predictions. Okay, fantastic. And on to the second one, I believe you said that was customer segments. So um, again, you know, how can our audience go about collecting this insight, would you say? Um, well, your segmentation strategy is going to depend on you know, what type of business you're in and, and your consumer base. So obviously, I'm sure the readers here are, are in B2B because of B2B marketing. Um, and that will be different from B2C. So in B2C, you probably segmented uh, according to demographics like affluence and life stage, attitudes, buyer behavior, geography, customer need, those kinds of things. But in B2B, people will typically segment according to value, you know, size of company, type of company, vertical sector, type of relationship. But Regardless of whether it's B2B or B2C, segmentation has evolved dramatically because of customer insights and the days of spray and pray marketing, you know, really are, are well and truly gone. And, you know, companies are using digital footprint data, psychological profiling, customer journeys, intent data. You know, it's now possible to get really deep insight into your customer's behavior, you know, wants and needs. And that's really vital in order to arrange them into distinct segments and, and target them with personalized messaging, digital advertising and content. So in the book, we talk about like a five step process in order to do that uh, segmentation. Um, and we also talk about um, account based marketing, where really that used to be something for, you know, really the sort of enterprise high level that you would do account based marketing. But really now there's no reason not to use account-based marketing regardless of company size absolutely yeah and i think the, the third um the third uh, insight you, you mentioned was propensity models so coming on to those how can uh, anyone listening go about collecting that yeah so this is all about how you predict the behavior uh, of your customer customer base so for example the likelihood that customers are going to respond to an offer uh, make a purchase likelihood uh, to churn 
They can also be used to build profiles of typical customers or to identify and target other potential customers with a similar profile. And they can be used on their own or they can be used in conjunction with other things. So, for example, a mobile phone company can predict which customers are likely to churn but are not going to respond to an upgrade offer. Or, you know, so you, you can use them on their own or you can use them in conjunction with something else. And they can also be used to predict um, a next best action or, you know, so, for example, once a customer takes a particular action, what would be the next best action to take with that customer um, in terms of a, a cross-sell or an upsell? Okay, fantastic. And the final, um, the final one of the four that I believe you mentioned was customer analytics. So just to, to round things off there, how would you say that B2B marketers can collect that insight? Well, people focus a lot on the acquisition process and, and using insights to, to acquire customers in the first place. But we all know that it's a lot more costly to acquire a customer than it is to develop or retain them. So customer analytics are really to help us have a deep understanding of our existing customers. Um, and then, well, first of all, make sure we develop and retain them, but also use them as a proxy for finding more customers the same as those. Okay, fantastic. So that's a, that's a really good overview of the different types of uh, customer insight that we can collect. Um, but obviously, it's not a surprise that customer insight is not really a stationary thing. It's always kind of changing and morphing. And, you know, just as you gather information on one segment or one particular company, another segment or company might start demonstrating new behavior, new interests, um, new preferences. And so it's this kind of constantly changing, moving thing. And, you know, with that in mind, how how would you say that marketers can ensure the information that they gather is up to date and relevant? You know, no one wants to have a, a spreadsheet full of just useless and outdated information, even if at one point it was relevant. Yeah, I'm afraid there's no easy answer to this. It really is a moving feast. And typically between two and five percent of customers are actually ready to buy at the time. And you think of us marketing to 100% of our customer base, only two or 5% are actually ready to buy something. We know that they, two thirds of the buying journey happens online. Uh, that statistic hasn't, piece of research hasn't been updated recently, I would imagine since the pandemic, that, that percentage has increased. So how do we make sure that we're in the right place when our customers are doing the research, so two thirds of that buying journey happening online, and how do we find that two to 5% that's actually ready to buy? And that's where digital footprint data and intent data is becoming so critical because things are changing all the time. And, and be, behavior has changed since the pandemic because so much now is, is digital. Behavior is becoming very, very important. So we can see what kind of content people are consuming? Are we seeing a surge? So are we suddenly seeing 10 people from the same company researching on the same topic? You know, and, and are we able to respond in a very timely manner? So it's really critical that we're, you know, we're very dynamic in our responses. So are we, you know, are we serving up digital advertising to people at exactly the moment that they're surging or they're showing intent to buy? Um, and, and, and do we constantly listen to our customers? And I think, as I said, while there's no easy answer, it's really important to look at that behavioral data, read the intent data, make sure that we're serving up our content and our advertising at the right point in the buyer's journey. 
and that's important to understand the buyer's journey and because people will be looking for different types of content and information depending where they are on that journey. So I I mean my general advice is to I personally read a lot, you know, keep up with with what's going on, constantly be on the lookout for for things that are changing. Uh, network with other people, with other marketers, you know, through forums like this, listening to podcasts and coming along to events and reading magazines, talk to customers. That's something that you wouldn't believe how many marketers don't actually talk to customers. You know, and I say, try and talk to a customer at least once a month, you know, jump on a sales call, shatter the salespeople, uh, interview customers, about how they feel about your products, join online forums and, and keep asking questions and Absolutely. always be open to the fact that, you know, things are changing all the time. Absolutely. So it's not easy, but there are things that we can do. And I, I guess following on from that question, are there any particular technologies out there that you think that can can really help marketers gather that up to date and actionable insight? Yeah, so I'm I'm sure you're familiar with Scott Brinker's Martech landscape graphics. So he the last one he did showed that there's about eight thousand technologies that uh, marketers can choose from, and the fastest growing category. Uh, in that landscape was data. So that was growing at about 25%. So he categorizes the different types of technology into six categories. So advertising and promotion, content and experience, social and relationships, commerce and sales, data, the fastest growing category, and management. So then he breaks that down into subcategories. So if we think about data. So he had about 1,200 technologies in that data category. So he breaks that down into uh, 10 subcategories within data. So those are audience and, and marketing data and data enhancements, business and customer intelligence and data science, customer data platforms, dashboards and data visualizations, Uh, DMPs or data management platforms, governance, compliance and privacy, um, cloud and data integration and tag management, marketing analytics performance and attribution, mobile and web analytics and projects and workflow. So at this point, everybody's glazing over, aren't they, when they've listened to that list. So uh, there is no easy answer to say what technologies should people be using. So that's you can see just how many they have to choose from in that data category alone, so 1,200. So how do you go about choosing the right technology? Well, I guess, first of all, I would say there's a lot of free tools. You know, there are really some, you know, with Google Analytics, uh, for example, there are, you know, there are some really good free tools. And there's a lot of good sort of paid tools. But the most important thing to think about is, what technology do you need to support a particular strategy? So what are you trying to do? Are you trying to use insights to understand your value proposition or your your mission statement and your purpose? Are you trying to use insights to inform your brand strategy? Do you need insights to work out your ideal customer profile and your segmentation? Do you need them to understand what content you should be developing and how your content is performing? Do you need it for customer acquisition? Do you need it customer analytics for development and retention? So the important thing is don't get overwhelmed. There's lots of free tools. Think about what you want those tools to achieve. And the MarTech Alliance is also a very good place uh, to think about 
they have like a four P's methodology to help you select the right technology according to, you know, what you're trying to achieve. So I hope that doesn't sort of overwhelm people. There is a lot of technology to choose from, but think about, break it down and think about what free tools can you use, but what is it that you, what kind of analytics, you know, do, do you, what technology do you need to support which bit of uh, customer insight? Yeah, better too many tools to choose from than not enough, I think. Um, so it might be a bit intimidating, but it is there. So, um, yeah. So I want to move on to uh, ABM now because we all sort of know at the heart of great ABM is, is great customer insight. Um, you know, it's only through gathering this customer information that marketers are really able to target these high value accounts in such an effective and targeted way. But how do you think that marketers can ensure that actionable customer insight is at the heart of any campaign, ABM or otherwise? Yeah, I think it's, well, partly it's the mindset of just, you know, getting away from that spray and pray. And I think the ultimate of the ultimate opposite of spray and pray is next best action, where you're not thinking, I want to, I'm, I've developed a campaign and I, who can I, whom can I target with that campaign? The next best action is, okay, that individual customer has just done this. What would be the next best thing to to, to offer to that customer? So that's like the complete opposite of um, spray and pray marketing is is doing everything in response to the best thing for the customer. But most people aren't that sophisticated. So if we, th if we break back, uh, down to, back, go back to ABM, according to the ITSMA, there's three levels of ABM. So there's one-to-one, -one, and I guess that's that was like the heartland, wasn't it, of ABM, where marketers would work with individual account teams and they would come up with a highly customized program for an individual account. That's kind of where ABM started. But now you've got two other forms of ABM. One is one to few, where you will identify like a small cluster or, or group of accounts that have got similar um, business imperatives and you treat them in a certain way or one to many. So that's where you're, you will identify priority account lists and you'll use technology to engage and personalize marketing to individuals within those accounts. But it's more of a sort of one to many approach. But if we think about, okay, so what's the journey then to using a ABM? I would say step one is researching your segments. So you, you've, you, you're really clear about um, understanding who your segment is and, and what their needs are. And, and what's that ICP or that ideal customer profile. And then you might want to bring your segments to life with personas. So identify individuals. Uh, within those accounts and make it real and get you know give them a bit of personality maybe give them a name um, understand what are the pain points what's a day in the life of those people within your accounts um, and then we the uh, the third step in the process I'll just get this right is is selecting your accounts uh, so you can you know, you can either use your defined criteria or there's a lot of MarTech tools around, you know, to help you select your accounts. And you can uh, you can use AI. You can work off a list of existing accounts or the ideal profile. You can use AI to generate look generate look like accounts. This is where customer uh, analytics come in really handy. So you can look at you can give to the AI. This is the profile of our existing accounts, customers. 
go and find other accounts that look like those customers. So that's step three, selecting your accounts. Then you might want to find out how those accounts are behaving using intent data. Um, and you want you might want to you know you want to establish who's in market, you know who's researching according to your defined search terms or who's consuming your content online. Who's engaged? In other words, they're they're on their website, your website, they're consuming your content, but they're not actually converting to interest. They're not filling out the inquiry form. So how can you catch those people? Um, who's surging or trending? You know, like are there multiple people from an account that you're targeting looking at the same content? And then, you know, look for any early path, you know, who's showing sort of early buying signals? Um, are there certain companies, certain industries or certain uh, cities that keep cropping up? And so you can get a lot of information, as I said, from that intent data and, um, you know, from your digital footprint data. And then the final stage is to, to, you know, target them with relevant digital advertising or serving up relevant content. So that's kind of like a, a five stage journey uh, to, to target those accounts. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, I think we've just got time for our, our final question I'd like to get to, and then we'll start to wrap things up. Um, and it revolves around the pandemic. Um, you know, I know everyone's bored of hearing about it, but you can't escape it. It's, um, it's had such a massive impact on everything the last uh, couple of years. Um, so what cha challenges have you seen over the course of the pandemic when it comes to customer insight? Because on the one hand, I could imagine it's, you know, it's more important than ever to obtain it. You know, you need this insight to actually ensure your, your marketing is delivering. But on the other hand, I wouldn't be surprised if it's harder than ever to do, you know, given how much IP data is now useless. Um, and there might have even been a huge change in personnel at some companies. Yes. Well, you, you're right on both accounts. It's, it's easier and harder. Um, and, and obviously, there's been fundamental changes in behavior since the pandemic. And the key is to, you know, it, it is to staying on top of them. Um, I'm a big fan of the Domo infographic, Data Never Sleeps. And the last one that they issued, they talked about sort of three key trends that they noticed that people were about the, you know, the types of through the data. So the first one is, you know, everybody's working from home. Uh, so that went from about, a you know, 15% of people working home to about 50%. And, and now things offices are starting to open again that trend is continuing uh, you know passport where I work now is remote first so there's been a massive boom in collaboration platforms and in and in video conferencing so that that's one trend the second one they said is there's been a huge increase in video chat so we can't see people in person so a lot more people are using video so there's a you know a 51% jump in in the use of uh, video uh, on whatsapp for example. And then the third one is a massive increase in streaming services. So, I, I, you know, last year, the biggest conversation on, on my Facebook feed was, you know, what was the latest Netflix series that everybody was watching? So, you know, huge increase in those streaming services. So it's hard in the sense that we can't see people. Uh, we're relying a lot more on digital data. But on the other hand, it's easier because we can see what people are doing through that digital behavior. But interestingly enough, I literally something caught my eye this morning that came in a new piece of research from Facebook, actually. Uh, but it's a it, it's a you know, it's pretty accurate. I wouldn't say it's biased. And they're saying some staggering differences in how customers are shopping after the pandemic. 
So 81% of consumers are saying they've changed a shopping habit since the start of the pandemic. And 92% are saying they're going to continue their new behavior in the long term. You know, so as I said, I don't think people are going to all rush back into the office. And now people have started shopping online and doing a lot more research online. They will continue to do that. And 66% of consumers are saying the mobile phone is their most favored shopping tool. Now, as marketers, we all talk about mobile first. Um, and that's become even more so. I wouldn't in B2C, I think in B2B actually. Because people are not commuting so much, they are spending more time on 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 the desktop. But it's yeah, it's important to know how people are consuming uh, content. And another interesting fact is that fifty five percent of online shoppers are saying they purchase products because they happen to come across them while while browsing. So people are browsing a lot more, and there's a lot more impulse purchases or unplanned purchases. So you could say then that you know, content marketing and SEO would be far less important than digital advertising and influencer advocacy. And I guess that's the the last big trend is 42% of consumers are getting ideas on which products to shop for from celebrities and, and creators. So that's been a big change is a lot more influencer marketing and uh, yeah, social media, huge rise in social media and people being influenced by, you know, by what other people are saying and doing and buying. Well, Chris, thank you very much. That's absolutely fantastic. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, just before thank we wrap things me. up, that's okay, anytime. Um, just before we th- uh, wrap things up, where can people um, get a copy of your book if they'd like to? They can find it on Amazon. Uh, they can also find it on the Kogan page uh, website. That was my publisher. Um, yeah. Google it. You'll find it. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you again, Chris. Um, My name is Dave Rowlands. I'm the editor at B2B Marketing. And if you'd like to hear any more of our podcasts, please just head to www.b2bmarketing.net slash podcasts. Thank you very much and goodbye.